Welcome to the CII Radio. I'm Molly Birchall, Communications Executive at the Chartered Insurance Institute. In this episode, I'll be talking to Paula Foley-Wright and Alan Valance. In this episode of the podcast, we are talking about the diversity, inclusion and equality in the profession and ways allyship, a key theme of this year's Dive Festival, can help improve it. We are joined by Orla Foley-Wright, HR and Communications Director at QIC Global Services Limited and Alan Valance, Chief Executive of the CII. Here's my conversation with Orla and Alan. Hello, Orla and Alan. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Molly. Hi, Molly. Firstly, where do you feel the profession is on the road to becoming more diverse and inclusive? Alan, would you like to go first? Sure, yeah. Um, great question, Molly. Good starter. Uh, I think there's a, there's a lot of examples of good practice throughout the profession. And if we compare it to sort of only about 20 years or so ago, I think the profession is far more diverse. I think... At the CII, we're seeing uh, every year through our new generation programs, people are representing all groups in society, demonstrating that they have established successful careers in insurance and they've got all the ingredients needed to become leaders within the profession in the future. And we also know from our national and local institute events that we run around the country that mainstream thinking within the profession has also changed quite a lot, even in just the last few years. Um, not just in relation to issues like discrimination, but also in terms of people's knowledge and understanding of issues like mental health, which we saw very clearly in the pandemic. But I don't think we're in a position where we can say mission accomplished, far from it. I think the behaviours that are labelled by the FCA as non-financial misconduct, so things like sexual harassment, still do exist within the profession. Uh, And only just in March this year, an insurer was fined a million pounds by Lloyds of London for misconduct, that it did include sexual harassment and bullying. So we're still not there with that. We're not there with gender pay equality. So it was a really interesting piece of info from PwC in 2020, 2021, the average pay gap in insurance and financial services was something like 20, nearly 27%, which is compared to about 12% for the wider market. So there's lots more to do, lots done, lots still more to do uh, in terms of addressing individual behaviours and also the consequences of the way the insurance has worked in the last century, as well as all the ongoing work we always have to do to counter unconscious bias and understand the changing needs of all groups in society, Molly. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, that's really interesting. And Orla? Yeah, I'm just kind of echoing what Alan has said. You know, it's it's a journey and we're making progressive improvement. I mean, I must say it's a very different profession to my early career, which I'm pleased to say. Um, but we just have to keep that momentum going, really. And that's why events like the diving are just so good in encouraging knowledge, upskilling. And the more that organisations can do to upskill, internally um, it just all helps that movement 
I'd, I'd just jump in there if I can, Molly, because I'd just pick up on a point all I made. Um, you know, I'm, I'm qualified from a different profession, chartered accountancy, and I've worked in other professional membership bodies. And it's really great to see the whole issue of equality and diversity and inclusivity becoming, you know, the number one, number two um, focus across all of the professions. And I think collaboration between different professions, I think, has really been important in driving the EDI agenda as well. And, you know, we can all learn off each other. Yeah, definitely a good point. Um, and that leads on to the next question then. What are the regulators' requirements for EDI and how are they measuring this? Yeah, I'm happy to give it a go. I think the first thing probably to remember is that the requirements for large firms and smaller firms are, are different, they're very different. So small firms, um, the regulator said that detailed requirements around the makeup of a firm's board or reporting requirements around things like pay aren't, aren't practical in some in some ways. So it's I think it's said that it's envisaged that regulation will be a sort of high-level call to action so only involving them to respond to the diverse needs of their customers in relation to products and services and ensure they're not engaging in a discriminatory or an unlawful practice. So there's, there's sort of a different bar, if you like, of, of expectation. Um, for listed companies, the FCA has introduced rules this year, which requires them to actually comply meet, well, comply or explain is, is the phrase, a number of targets. So at least 40% of the board should be women. At least one of the senior board positions, that's a sort of executive or non-executive board position should also be a woman. And at least one member of the board should be from an ethnic minority uh, background uh, in terms of the categories that were set out by the Office for National Statistics. And then um, obviously from 2017, the government's required all firms with a headcount of over 250 to be reporting on their gender pay gap. Um, and um, I know a lot of organisations, certainly the, the ones I've been involved with recently, have, have voluntarily reported that even though the numbers are below uh, 250 headcount. The other sort of second important thing I think to remember is that uh, regulations tend, they tend to focus on specific actions um, that sort of standardise behaviour or information across the sector, and rather than introducing sort of rules dictating change, um, which I think is it makes sense because they don't want to inhibit positive change through prescribing it. I think having that uh, initiative from within the organisation is critical for it to change. Doesn't mean that regulators don't appreciate the importance of that cultural change. So I know that um, in September last year, uh, Nicola Ruthie said that as part of its EDI focus, the FCA was going to supervise firms in a way that aims to make sure that culture is open and inclusive and it provides a safe space for colleagues at all levels of the organisation. So I think it's a, it's a sort of... Um, a again, a collaborative approach between the regulator and uh, firms is really key to improving EDI across the sector. Thank you, Alan. Ola, would you like to add anything from that? Um, I think the points that Alan has made are the kind of the main, main points. And I think that whole EDI progressing data reporting is 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 so important going forward to show how progressive we we are moving as organizations and it's only where you can see where you were to where you are now that you can see the journey um so it's it's really pivotal in organizations in the industry yeah thank you and uh, what examples of good practice has the CII uncovered alan 
Quite a lot, actually. We've seen a lot of um, really great uh, examples of good practice, both in, in large but also in small firms too. So in things like recruitment, uh, we've seen practices such as anonymizing applications, using sort of communication channels for job advertisements that are kind of reach a, a, a much wider range of groups across society, um, uh, different forms of social media. So I think I think that's really great. Other areas like managing um, existing staff in organisations, lots of organisations and the CII is one of them, has moved to a much more flexible working arrangements. You know, we all learnt a lot through the pandemic and we're much more flexible now than we were before, more responsive to the needs of carers um, in our teams and many of them are still uh, female. Um, so there's a lot that we've gained from that and others have as well. There's lots more training on, uh, you know, becoming much more aware in terms of EDI and things like unconscious bias or, or um, other things like CQ intelligence, which I've been uh, through in about 12 months or so ago. So organisations within the profession are, are becoming a lot more conscious of the opportunities that technology and learning gives to provide um, a whole host of things and sort of technology to provide better communications to people, for example, with disabilities. I think also small firms have, have actually often been at the forefront of EDI initiatives. Uh, you know, they tend to be sometimes more agile. They can respond more quickly to what consumers need. So we've, we've seen examples of small brokers who've uh, championed needs and rights of people with mental health conditions when they apply for income protection insurance, which is brilliant. And um, the Beavers Find a Broker Service is a really good example of how small firms can work together to make sure that consumers who've got particular needs can find um, specialist help. Excellent. Thank you, Alan. Orla, uh, you are involved in the CII's dive-in session, as you mentioned, on how companies can build trust within their communities and society through the lens of allyship. Uh, why is allyship so important to EDI? That's a good question. Um, allyship is really pivotal for companies in moving forward inclusion and diversity areas. Um, it's very much a component of culture going, being, going forward. I think being open on the areas of inclusion and diversity as individuals and building learning opportunities for all to upskill and to understand and apply in their everyday lives and workplace is key. Um, you know, to develop environments that encourage inclusivity um, is so, so important. And that's going to naturally build trust. And successful companies of the present and the future will be those that embrace and advocate allyship. And it will have a significant impact in society and communities. The EDI kind of sphere into this is as knowledge is developed and further applied in the way we operate and how we're structured as an industry, the data will replicate that change. So we need that data to know how we are progressing. Okay, thank you. And what can people do to become better allies? I think it's very much acknowledging the importance of the learning of the different components of um, inclusion and diversity and being open to that learning, um, advocating it 
in their communities and in their workplace. And it also comes back to something that's really important, that accountability. We all have a part and ensuring there is an inclusive environment for all as a colleague and as a manager and leader, ensuring that you're you're fostering that environment and you're upskilling yourself as well. Brilliant. Thank you. So the next question is, what further steps can businesses and professionals take to become more diverse and inclusive? Alan, would you like to answer this one? Um, yeah, I, I would, Molly. Thank you for that. Well, I, I mean, there are so many things. I, I think time uh, is, is against us. But, but I actually, firstly, I actually wanted to pick up a really great point Orla made before about data. One of the things, you know, it's, it's that old story about making evidence-based decisions and and some of the things I've seen and I'm talking about other professions that I've seen um, being a recent um, appointee to the CII is um, uh, collaborating across the professions to get good data for the sector to understand what the issues are with respect to EDI so I think there's a lot in that um, that both organizations like the CII but also working in partnership with the professional firms can can do to really improve the evidence base for decisions to allow uh, individuals and companies to become more diverse and inclusive. So there's a rich source of of evidence that we can build to help each other, um, which kind of reinforces that collaborative thing that I I talked about before. But, um, you know, at the micro level, talking at the firm level, I think there are things, many things that people can do to make a big difference. So, making sure that people who are part-time workers are treated exactly the same as full-time workers in terms of career progression. Um, So part-time staff being involved in management, leadership development schemes, if they're not now, having an organisation where there's a very safe culture and that's certainly something um, I'm making sure that we're doing at the CII itself. So people can feel safe to talk about, you know, well, they can bring their authentic self to work, but talk about their needs, talk about difficult issues, uh, whether, you know, there are issues of bullying in an organisation or other challenging things that people can feel that they're in a safe environment to talk about those issues and that something will be done. And then uh, really continuing to think about you know, the needs of, of everybody, the impact of um, things like, as I mentioned before, unconscious bias, but sort of particularly around intersectionality. So the needs of people from more than one protected group. So this is, this isn't, a, it's a, um, not a, line, a linear thing. It's actually, it's a much more complex issue that people need to think through. Thank you, Alan. And Ola, is there anything you would like to add to this? Yeah, I think, you know, it's been mentioned before, about upskilling knowledge and being open to learning. I think um, every day there's more information that's coming out. And I think, you know, as individuals within our organisations, there's an awful lot of good work taking place. So where there is the opportunity to attend a learning session, or there is information that um, is communicated on different areas to, you know, try and take the time to be part of the session or the, the learning Lloyds are leading the charge on the the dive-in sessions that um, are being run globally through the insurance industry. And, you know, if people can have a look at the the calendar of events and try and sign up, there's a whole variety of in-person and online events that will, you know, upskill 
people, you know, upskill people's understanding of loads of different topics, which means they can bring it back to their everyday lives and the workplaces. And, you know, it's quite an exciting time. Yes, definitely. And where can people go to, to find out more? They could go to the website, um, the diveinfestival.com, um, and that kind of gives an overview. They'd need to register the, their interest for different events, but it gives an overview there and they can they can come along to the events. Come to the allyship um, session that we are partnering with the CII and um, Marsh and it's being hosted in person at the Swiss Rebuilding. But there also is a huge component of online as well. And we'd love to have you there. It's a really exciting topic, allyship. So get yourself registered and then internally in your organisations, sign up to those learning opportunities and you know externally as well brilliant thank you so much and is there anything else either would like to add um i might just make a plug for the the cii so i mean it's great if, if people are listening to this conversation and you're involved in the dive in uh, events you know you're involved but spread the word um we we at the cii we've we've got quite a lot of resources and and you can find them all on our supporting diversity in the profession page which is on the CII website and lots of videos um, about how to create an inclusive workplace, you know, principles, guides for members, key stakeholders and um, guidelines around things like inclusive language. So, um, but, but there are lots of places you can go to get, you know, really rich source of, um, of information and, and that learning, you know, journey that we're all on to improve, you know, our EDI performance across everything that we do. But thank you for the opportunity of uh, speaking today, Molly. It's been great. And thank you to all as well. Oh, thanks, Alan. It's been lovely chatting. And thank you, Molly. Yeah, thank you, Ola and Alan, um, for sharing this information and for joining us on the podcast. Um, just quickly, the Dive In Festival is happening now. And you can find out more and watch the hybrid sessions on demand by visiting diveinfestival.com. And thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk slash podcasts or follow us on Twitter at CII Group. Until next time, goodbye.